Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Israeli-Palestinian tensions have killed over 2,100 people, wounding many more. How will the conflict evolve and where does China stand? We'll try to bring you a first-hand witness who just evacuated from Tel Aviv yesterday among our panelists. And Chinese President Xi Jinping has met with a U.S. bipartisan congressional delegation led by Senate Majority Leader. Will the trip make a difference for the two countries and the wider world. Welcome to The Point, an opinion show coming to you from Beijing. Andy Xin. Making room for all opinions and seeing events from more than one side. This is The Point. The world's powder keg has detonated once again. Hamas, the Palestinian Islamic resistance movement, launched an unprecedented barrage of rockets towards Israel just after sunrise on October the 7th. In response, Israel swiftly launched retaliatory strikes on the Gaza Strip controlled by Hamas. On October the 9th, Israel declared a complete siege on the territory, announcing that it would cut off electricity, food, water and fuel, while Hamas says it is open to discussions over a possible truce with Israel. As the conflict enters its fifth day, death toll on both sides has exceeded 2,100, with more than 1,200 Israelis confirmed dead and nearly 3,000 wounded. On the Palestinian side, over 900 people have been killed with nearly 4,600 injured. The US, UK, Germany, France and Italy released a joint statement express, expressing steadfast and united support for Israel. Conversely, regional countries including Iran, Saudi Arabia and Qatar voiced their support for the Palestinians. China has called for a ceasefire and the restart of peace talks to implement the two-state solution, while Turkey says it is ready to undertake a mediator's role. How to understand the different stances of the West, Arab countries and countries such as China and Turkey? And will the war continue to escalate? I'm pleased to be joined from Beijing by Professor Zhang Gong, Vice President of the University of International Business and Economics, Israel, who arrived back in Beijing only yesterday from Tel Aviv, from Xi'an in northern China by Professor Wang Jing of uh, Middle Eastern Studies at Northwest University, from Washington, D.C. by Klaus Laras, professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and fellow at Woodrow Wilson Center and from Zhuhai, Southern China, Selçuk Cholak Olur, founding director of the Turkish Center for Asia Pacific Studies and also associate professor at Beijing Normal University, Hong Kong Baptist University, United International College. Gentlemen, welcome to the point. So it's a grave situation which has been deteriorating. Let me go to Professor Wang first. Um, how grave are the casualties so far? We see the latest number exceeding 2,000 with heavy casualties on both sides and thousands more civilians wounded. Exactly what is happening at this moment? 
uh, well, I think the, the, the casualties for Israel as well as for the Palestinian sides uh, are the very, very severe because on the one hand, uh, let's be frank, that Israel suffered the most severe uh, casualties ever since, we can say that even the most severe uh, casualties ever since modern Israel was founded in 1948 because, yes, they have the first, the second, third, fourth or fifth, the Middle Eastern War, uh, Israel suffered some casualties. But now this round of the attacks is so was so sudden and with the so intensified attacks from the uh, militias from the uh, Palestinians in uh, Gaza Street. Mm. So that's led to uh, thousands, uh, more than 1,000 Israeli uh, uh, civilians as well, soldiers were killed and also more uh, wounded. So that means a very, very most, even what most about, severe what about uh, casualties. For the, what about uh, from for the Palestinian Israel. side, Professor Wang? Yes, I, 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 I will say, yes, you're right. Palestinian side also suffered right now and will suffer more uh, in the future because yes Israel is now is launching the so-called counter-attack against the targets in not only in the northern Israel but also uh, southern Israel but also well in the uh, the, the, the Gaza Strip. We have to know that the Gaza Strip is a very, very narrow strip with um, more than two million or nearly three million uh, pe pe local people there. So with attacks that are going on, more casualties of especially the Palestinian local people will uh, emerge. And meanwhile, in the future, I think more and more uh, Palestinian people will be killed, especially the civilians, kids, women will be killed and wounded. So this will be the historic mm moment, especially historical casualties in history for the Palestinians as well. Yeah. Professor Laris, what do you make of the uh, statements from the United States, for instance, from U.S. President Biden, who spoke on the matter, calling Hamas uh, sheer evil? What is their evaluation of the situation and their characterization of the conflict? Well, it's a real tragedy what is happening right now. Uh, we see a terrible situation unfolding, a situation which is bound to escalate in the days and weeks ahead. And the United States and much of the world, I would say most of the world, is appalled by what is happening. It is clearly blowback for Israeli policy of having treated the Palestinians very badly, for having essentially given up on the two-state resolution, of having tried or believed that with the suppression of the Palestinians, the problem will go away. Uh, so it is clearly blowback, but the behavior of Hamas to attack innocent civilians, women, to uh, take hostages, kill 250 young people who were at the party uh, suddenly out of the blue and drag hostages back to the Gaza trip to parade an 85-year-old woman through the streets of Gaza. All that is, of course, totally unacceptable, uh, unacceptable and totally appalling. And that is what President Biden was referring to. And I think everyone in the world is appalled by that. However, we need to find a way forward. And some countries have offered their mediation, Turkey, also Egypt, Qatar. They are actively trying to find a solution, first of all, to try to exchange uh, the hostages. Um, we find a solution to that, mm. but then, of course, also try to get the peace process going again. Right now, I don't think that is very realistic because Israel is deeply wounded, deeply humiliated, and they want their revenge. They want certainly their hostages yeah. back, but they also want to make okay. sure Hamas cannot do it again. Mm. Professor Gong, another you are online. Tell us, how was the experience like over the past four days for you? You only managed to evacuate back to Beijing. What was it like to be caught in that conflict in Tel Aviv? And uh, how do you look at 
the kind of outside reports from both sides, some squarely focusing on Hamas, some squarely focusing on Israel. Of course, the longer-term provocational maltreatment of uh, the Palestinian people. What is your understanding? Well, I actually uh, wished you were from Israel uh, two days ago. Uh, at the time that I left, I, I, what I saw is still was still, you know, representing you know, the calm side of Israel. Uh, I, I don't see like panic in Israeli society. You know, the stores are operating normally. Um, you know, the, the other uh, stores and malls are still open. People have their ordinary life, although not many cars on the streets, though. Um, another very significant event I see for myself is that uh, Israel is certainly mobilizing. I see uh, at a uh, depot, a military depot not far away from my home, that uh, probably up to a thousand cars and their uh, the owners uh, sending off, uh, you know, husbands or sons to the uh, to the army. Uh, the reservists are being called. Uh, you know, it's a very touch and see as I drive by, as I drove by and saw, you know, the family members bidding farewell to the loved ones. And it's a it's, it's really a moving scene you know, at the time that I drove by. Mm. Uh, however, I understand that uh, you know there are casualties on both sides. Um, I totally condemn the actions taken by the Hamas side, uh, Israeli society, killing men, women, and children, and elderly. Um, but I think um, there's also another side that uh, people in Gaza, you know, the ordinary folks, also being uh, uh, killed as well as collateral damage to this. I think it's very difficult to stop the Israeli party um, to uh, stop this operation or even to reduce this, the scale of this op operation. The purpose is very clear. It's no longer about rolling back Hamas um, governing power in, in Gaza. It's all about totally eliminating uh, Hamas uh, presence in Gaza. And by that, I think it's very clear that, uh, you know, the Israeli ground troops were moving. But at what cost? Because there are still um, about two million civilians in that area. Yeah. So uh, I totally understand that. I think it's, it's a very difficult situation. Um, you know, on one side, um, there are those innocent people in Palestinians uh, in Gaza. On the other side, on the other hand, I think um, you know, the Israeli government is also concerned about the casualties rates of the of the, of the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force soldiers. So it's and it's caught in the middle. Let alone, we still have about a hundred hostages being held by by Hamas. So I think it's a it's a very very difficult situation. But you know, my guess or my gut feeling is that. Uh, um, in the eyes of the Israeli government, a Israeli soldier's life is probably worth more than, a, you know, an ordinary life of an ordinary uh, um, a Palestinian. Um, you know, it's a very crude, cold-blooded, you know, calculation. But the, I think at the end of the day, it really boils down to that. You know, it's a, it's, it's a very difficult situation. So uh, there's, there's much, I think, uh, the other side can do, the outside parties can do. Uh, and mm. and uh, this is the reality we're facing right now. Yeah. Well, China has condemned the violence against the civilians, but still uh, there's a huge debate as to who's to blame, uh, who, who is to condemn, condemn for the bloodshed. Uh, is that the most important question here, Professor Cholak Alur? Uh, why does Turkey not uh, chosen not to emphasize on condemnation of the perpetrators, but rather um, being reaching out to both sides and emphasizing its potential role as a mediator? Yeah, here, uh, Turkey's position is very clear to China. Uh, to China. Uh, in that regard, Turkey, from the beginning, 
condemn the civilian uh, killing in Israel, but also uh, pay, uh, pay attention for civilian casualties in, in Gaza, terrified by Israel. And also in that regard, Turkey uh, has a good relationship with, both with the Palestinian Authority at Fatah and Hamas, and also Israeli government at the same time. Uh, and also there is a, a developing strategic partnership in the Eastern Mediterranean between uh, Israel and Turkey. So including the energy uh, corridor from Eastern Mediterranean to Europe. In that regard, Turkey uh, is, uh, is uh, called uh, to, to, to calm down for both sides and also pay attention to diminish uh, civilian casualties and also uh, particularly reaching a truce, uh, a ceasefire. And uh, Turkey is also eager to make a mediator or facilitator to end this uh, conflict without uh, harming civilians more. Mm. Uh, in mm. that regard, uh, I think, uh, of course, Egypt and other actors are very important for ending this uh, conflict in, yeah. the, uh, in the first run. And then there will be, of course, uh, trust building process between uh, two sides. Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a closer look at China's stance here because it's uh, under scrutiny, even uh, criticism. Um, China's foreign ministry responded to the conflict on October the 8th that uh, China called on relevant parties to remain calm, exercise restraint, and immediately end the hostilities by protecting to protect civilians and avoid further deterioration of the situation. Now, the next stay while answering questions about the increased civilian casualties from CGTN. China says we're deeply saddened by the civilian casualties and oppose and condemn acts that harm civilians. We oppose moves that escalate the conflict and destabilize the region and hope fighting will stop and peace will return soon and, and that China's position on this is consistent. Professor Wang, where does China stand on the issue? Because China has made it very explicit that China is friends both to Israel and to the Palestinians. Well, China stands on the side of peace. China stands on the side of civilians. Because we have to know in the war, no matter who initiated first, no matter who provoked first, always civilians suffered. Always civilians suffer the most. Always civilians pay the price. So uh, in the past days, we see too many casualties. We have witnessed the escalation of the conflict and the wars between two sides against the other side's civilians. That's the tragedy for both sides' civilians. So that is why China calls on the one hand for the ceasefire, uh, for the opportunities of peace of the both sides. And on the other hand, China also stresses the very necessity and needs to restore the peace talks between the two sides under the assistance of international society. And meanwhile, we cannot forget also China also emphasized the needs to uh, provide the humanitarian assistance to the local people. So I think China always stands with the peace. On the one hand, it will benefit everybody. And on the other hand, China also emphasized the very needs to protect the civilians under the pr uh, peaceful and the pacified surrounding. That is very necessary in the mm. uh, following days with the escalation okay. possibilities of the conflict between right. the two sides. Well, this is nothing new. I mean, in June, while meeting Palestinian president uh, in China, President Xi Jinping said that Palestinian question has remained unresolved for over half a century, causing great sufferings to the Palestinian people and that uh, justice need to be done for the Palestinian cause. He made a three-point proposal, such as supporting the two-state solution, 
such as giving humanitarian aid to the Palestinian and calling for a large-scale, more authoritative and more influential international peace conference to be convened as to create conditions for the resumption of peace talks. Um, Professor Laris, who holds the key to finally resolving the Palestinian-Israeli issue, to finally put this to an end, end the violence once for all? Well, that is a big question. Of course, this question has been attempted to be answered and to be addressed for many, many decades now, and no one has found a solution. There have been various peace conferences, like above all the Oslo peace uh, process, uh, 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 quite some time ago now, which almost led to the creation of an independent Palestinian state, but it didn't happen. So there were some attempts being made which haven't led to any solution. But for once, I think China and the Western powers are largely on the same side. You know, everyone who, is, who has responsibility in the world uh, deplores the civilian death, deplores the civilian suffering on both sides, of course, and would like to see a ceasefire, would like to see an end to the conflict. The Europeans, for example, the European Union has explicitly said they will not shut down and cut off aid uh, to uh, Gaza. They will continue uh, their aid deliveries, food, water, electricity. I am not can. so. I, I, from my understanding, the Europeans are stopping their financial aid to the Palestinians. Let's no, double check. No, Let, no, let's double no, check on that. They, they, let's double check on was that. A, they would. But then they retracted that, okay. and Borrell has reason that he uh, is continuing with that. All right. Well, um, let's leave this subject for the moment. We have very limited time, and I have to move on to the second topic, which is also important. But I want to take this opportunity to ask Professor Wang Jing um, about the earthquake in Afghanistan, which is another uh, story that's uh, um, been very um, heartbreaking for people around the world, because 2,400 people have been killed, 9,000 people injured so far. So um, how severe is that situation? Is the situation getting the necessary attention? And what is the biggest difficulty? One minute, if you can. So I, what I want to say is that similar to Afghani, Afghanistan's local people who suffered the earthquake, uh, similar to the, what is happening between Israel and Gaza, there were still a lot of unfortunates and as well the tragedies uh, inside this world around different corners. So sometimes we focus on the Western culture, Western society, their preparers, they have their own problem. But compared to the to the, what is happening, the suffering of the local people there in some developing countries, these kind of the suffering are small problems. So we have to give them more attention from international society to the developing countries, especially to the conflict areas, to help them with much as we can. Regine. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Many thanks to my guests, uh, Professor Zhang Gong, Professor Wang Jing, Klaus Laris, and uh, Seljuk Cholak Olua. Thank you very much. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping met with a visiting U.S. bipartisan congressional leader delegation. What do they talk about? Is it going to make a difference for China-U.S. relations and for the world at large? Stay tuned. Making room for all opinions and seeing events from more than one side. This is The Point. China-U.S. relationship is the most important bilateral relationship in the world 
How China and the U.S. get along with each other will determine the future of humanity. Chinese President Xi Jinping said this as he met with a visiting U.S. bipartisan delegation led by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on Monday in Beijing. It's the first trip to China by a U.S. congressional delegation since March 2019. What did the delegation do in China? Why did President Xi receive the delegation himself? What's been said and what's the potential impact. I'm pleased to be joined by Professor Zhao Hai, Director of the International Political Studies and National Institute for Global Strategies of the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences and from Denver, the U.S., by Professor Zhao Sui Sheng, Director of the Center for China-U.S. Cooperation from the University of Denver. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us. First of all, um, Mr. Zhao, why did President Xi choose to meet with a congressional delegation this is above protocol and they met for an un unexpectedly long 80 minutes so i think it's very clear that uh, uh, senator schumer is a close ally of president biden and his trip is it has important implications for the coming meeting possible meeting between uh, between the two top leaders so at this particular time president xi is receiving uh, senator schumer to express that uh, He's also sharing the same uh, view from the U.S. side right now that uh, two sides need to maintain stability and move forward with the relationship and to recognize that this is the world's most important bilateral relationship. And Senator Schumer represented Congress at this point and congressional view uh, on China has been deteriorating over the years and the, uh, the connections between the two parliaments has been cut. So moving forward, it's very important to reestablish that connection and also to improve uh, parliamentary relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, President Xi shows that uh, uh, he recognized that, that importance and uh, by showing respect uh, uh, to uh, Senator Schumer, this is uh, a very clear signal that China is willing to work with the U.S. on mm -hmm. improving relations in the next stage. Well, um, Professor Zhao Sui-sheng, now the Chinese president mentioned in the meeting that uh, uh, he said, and uh, he said, I've said this many times and I've told various U.S. presidents that there are a thousand reasons to make China-U.S. relations work and there is not a single reason to break it. Why does he repeatedly send this message? Is it being too nice? Is there a, a change in his attitude? Why does he want to emphasize that? I think, as you said, this uh, financial relationship is the most important one in the 21st century in the whole world. Here, when you say if they have softened their tone, especially on China's side, I think indeed, remember uh, just several months ago when Secretary Blinken visited China, he was not treated that well, and uh, even was... He was also met by the Chinese president, by the way, which is also right, above the protocol. Yes. You can see the seating was so different this time, and uh, he, he was on the side nine, and uh, the president of China was at the top of the table. At the table. Yeah, that was not equal. This time in an equal position, and also he emphasized, uh, as you said, China tries to uh, work with the United States uh, instead of uh, find, uh, finding there, those kind of problems complaining to, the, to America. Is there Especially yeah, Professor Zhao Suisheng, is there a slightly different atmosphere in the United States? Because a Washington Post editorial piece actually says, no, it's not weak for U.S. officials to visit China, calling the critics or the criticism of this trip being not only wrong, but dangerous. 
And the unfair in the U.S. has not changed that much. Uh, even though they have sent a lot of, I mean, Biden administration has sent many policy principles to visit China. In fact, the bipartisan consensus here for China is uh, that China is not only a competitor, but also a rival, if not enemy. So this time we see a bipartisan delegation from the U.S. Senate. I think that is a very important sign that uh, someone in the U.S. Uh, wants to uh, improve this uh, relationship and stabilize this relationship. Mm. So Xi Jinping met with this delegation. I think it's a very smart move. Okay. He talked about, uh, he placed hopes on American people. These are representatives of American people. Yeah. And well, also the first yeah. day, well, uh -huh, the, you say. There's a Chinese saying that, uh, you know, people better not meet because when they meet, when they look each other in the eye, when they shake hands, things will be different. Let's, let's, let me ask Zhao Hai, uh, what tangible difference can it make and to people in other countries in the world? Um, from these members, for instance, Democratic Senator Maggie Hansen of New Hampshire, John Ossoff of Georgia, Republican Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana and John Kennedy of Louisiana, and they first went to Shanghai, then they came to Beijing, and they went to Xi'an, which is famous for its terracotta soldiers. Will the trip on the ground, will the realities they see on the street in China potentially make a difference for U.S.'s policy in, about China? Uh, yeah, potentially. I, I don't think this one trip will change the perception of the senators, and particularly uh, we know that uh, some of those senators has very tough uh, stance against China. Mm. I don't think this uh, one trip will change their mind. However, I think Shanghai and Beijing, you know, all the major cities in China really give them good impression, a deep impression. And I, I think so. uh, by taking this trip, uh, they will have a better understanding of uh, what China's economy and politics is going. So this is absolutely, I think, uh, exchange and communication is necessary, and that's one of the cases uh, showing that this is a necessity. How will it affect other countries in the world if U.S. and China can get back to dialogue and sit down and talk? Yeah. Uh, Zhao Hai. Well, given the yeah, let, let's given the background, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in uh, Israel-Palestinian conflict, the world really needs uh, peace and stability. And without China and U.S. working together, the world won't have a uh, long-lasting peace and stability, and particularly in the Western Pacific. So I think at this moment, it's critical that the two countries working together to, in, to push forward with peace agenda, uh, both, I think, in Ukraine and also, uh, you know, quickly uh, reduce the tension between uh, Israel and Palestinians, because innocent people's lives are on the line. And right now, I think, uh, you know, the U.S. is uh, trying to having this competition with China and uh, hopefully these kind of dialogues will turn that into a more healthy competition instead of a vicious circle that two countries are confronting with each other. We have to leave it there. Many thanks to Zhao Hai and Professor Zhao Suisheng joining us for the discussion. And with that, we come to the end of this edition of The Point with me, Lu Xin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Lu Xin in Beijing. You've got The Point. <laughs>